Hello everyone, my name is Elton and today we are going to talk about encryption in ancient China. If you have ever learned about the Chinese language, please try to make up a simple cipher in your mind. Well, for the first step, you may try to find an alphabet. Actually, there's not an alphabet in Chinese. We are able to create ciphers like substitution ciphers or imaginary ciphers because English is an alphabetic language so that we can use mathematical formula or algorithm to do encryption on the alphabet. Chinese is a syllabic language where the tokens refer to syllables. There are tens of thousands of characters in Chinese. So we can't decide the alphabet by simply collecting all its characters. Meanwhile, same character may have different meanings in different dialogues. Therefore, it's so hard to determine kind of alphabet in Chinese. Now, here is a question. How could ancient Chinese hide their secrets or send messages during the war? The earliest form of secret sharing during ancient Chinese war was called sticks. Guess how to use just sticks to express information of the war? Right, different lenses of those sticks may represent different pre-agreed meanings, which is kind of encryption. For example, one inch stick may mean victory, two inch stick may mean the army has broken the enemy and captured the enemy's generals. There are more meanings like the enemy's city has surrendered, or the enemy's army was gone, or the army should be alert and defend the city diligently. Then, in order to improve the safety, military did not rule the exact relationship between the meaning and the length of sticks. Instead, they made two sticks for each length, and both the message sender and receiver held one. What's this? Well, this kind of the keys in cryptography that only people with the key could decode the ciphers. The function of the code sticks was that only the message sender and receiver know the meaning of different lengths of those sticks. So even though the enemy got the sticks, they don't know the meaning because there's nothing on the sticks. Then, in order to express more information than the limited sentence of code sticks, Chinese military started to use another way to hide the secret, which is called Enshu. Messages were cut into stripes and delivered by different couriers. The message sender would write the document vertically and cut it into three sections. Then send three people, and each person would hold one of the sections. They would depart in different times and using different passes. When the receiver received all three parts, he would get the whole meaning of the secret document. If one of the messengers were captured by the enemies, the enemy could not understand the single section because it didn't have the rest section of the whole document. The code sticks and the inshu are actually not ciphers. The first real cipher, and maybe the only cipher in China, was created in the middle 16th century, which is the Fanqie code. At that time, the Ming Dynasty was invaded by the Japanese pirates. General Qi Jiguang, one of the most famous generals in the Chinese history, led his troops to fight with those pirates. Well, the pirates won't fight with the large Chinese troops directly because they are weak in the scale in troops. 
what they could do is to harass the coastal region of the east coast. They were divided into tens of groups to rob merchant ships and slaughter coastal villages. The pirates were able to catch some of the messages sent to the local government by the central government and translate the messages, so that if the Ming Dynasty ordered the local government to encircle and surpass the pirates, they could know that first and then retreat in time. In order to address this problem, General Qi decided to create the cipher so that even though the pirates called the messengers, they had no chance to decode it and then translate the messages. Well, he made it by using the phonetic notation at that time, which is the Fanqian notation. To survive, they have to fight. They have to build. We need a defensive solution. If you can come up with that, they might just listen. From the ranks of the common soldier comes a hero. His name is Qi Ji Guang. And this is the story of his vision to protect his nation. To understand the Fanqie Code, we should first understand the pronunciation rules of Chinese. In English, we have consonant and vowel, and they are phonetic symbols to express the pronunciations. Similarly, in Chinese, there are shengmu, just like the initial consonant of a Chinese syllable, and yumu, like the vowel after the consonant. Unlike most Western languages, Chinese is tonal, which means there's a tone for each character. In ancient Chinese, there are eight different tones, and in modern Chinese, there are four tones. The pronunciation of each Chinese character are made up of a shengmu, a yumu, and a tone. For example, we have a character dong, which means east in Chinese. The pronunciation of dong could be divided into de and ong. De is its shengmu, and ong is its yumu, and it's used in the first tone. If we use other tones, it could be dong, dong, and dong. Then, how to express a character without its own combination of the shengmu, yunmu, and tone? General Qi found his way. He wrote two poems. In the first one, he put 20 characters in it and covered as much as different shengmu in it. Similarly, in the second poem, he used 36 characters and covered as much as different yunmu. To express a new character in Chinese, he could just choose one of the shengmu in the first poem and one of the yunmu in the second one, plus one of the eight tones. The different shengmu, yunmu, and tones could combine to express a new character. We need an example here. Still the character dong. Say the fifth character in the first poem is di. Its shengmu is de, the same with dong, but its yunmu is yi, and it's used in the first tone. Also in the second poem, we have the 22nd character which is hong. It's combined by shengmu he and yunmu ong. Its yunmu is the same with dong, and it's used in the second tone. Then we choose the shengmu of di and the yunmu of hong plus the first tone. Then we got the element of dong. Congratulations. The ong dong. And we get a series of number of the character dong, which is 5, 22, 1. 5 means the 5th character in the first poem, 22 means the 22nd character in the second poem, and 1 means the first tone. 
This is exactly the Fanchia code. Then, what General Qi needed to do is to write down all the numbers for characters in the message he wanted to express. If there were five characters, then he got 15 numbers. That's amazing! Turn those syllables characters into a series of numbers. We should definitely appreciate the creative mind of General Qi. Then, let's talk about the deciphering of the Fanchia code. The poems was actually the key of the Fanchia code, as long as the receiver of the code could recite the poems and the sequence of the tones, they could decipher the code without any paper key. When they received a series of numbers, what they needed to do is similar to the reverse of the process of enciphering. Found the two characters in the two poems and the tone in the sequence. Combine the shengmu of the first character, yunmu of the second character, and the tone to get a new character. For example, we were the receiver and we got the first three numbers, 5, 22, 1. We should go to the first poem to find its fifth character, which is di, and then the 22nd character in the second poem, which is hong. Then we got the de and the ong, and the first tone. Congratulations, we got a plain text for the first character, Dong. The whole sentence may be Dong Bian Yu Di Ren, which means there are enemies in the east side. It's quite convenient to get the messages for the short sentence, even though without the poem on paper. To decipher a sentence of 10 characters, we may use about just 5 minutes. Then, we could use the message to decide the strategy to fight with the pirates. By using the Fanchia code, Shen Luoqi successfully sent secret messages to his troops and the local government about his strategy against the Japanese pirates. In those messages, he could order the time to attack the pirates or the direction to attack. The Fanchia code is really important in this war. Before the Chinese troops had the Fanchia code, the pirates could successfully finish their harass and retreated for most times because they had the information of the strategy of Chinese before. After the creation of the Fanchia code, even though some of those messages was caught by the pirates, they had no chance to decode the numbers and didn't know when to retreat. The General Chi's troop started to strike the pirates over and over. The pirates were gradually evacuated from part of those coastal regions of East China. Finally, in 1564, the pirates were eventually expelled by General Chi from the whole coastal region and the war ended with the winning of China. It's impossible for the pirates to know the meanings of the ciphers at that time because they have no time or technology to decrypt them. Since there are only one key, which is the poems made by General Qi, we have no chance to decrypt a new Fanchia code with a new key. However, we could still consider the possible way to decrypt it. First of all, we need to collect as much as encrypted messages so that we can try to find some patterns. Then, we may guess that the third number of every three continuous numbers are less than eight. The pattern of the numbers may relate to the pronunciations of Chinese, since there are eight tones in ancient Chinese. Then, frequency analysis works for the first and second numbers in each three continuous numbers. And we may find that 
some possible shengmu or yunmu that was used infrequently in the military messages, like attack, which is gong, had the same yunmu of dong. Then the yunmu on, which is the twenty-second character in the poem, may show up for many times in the messages. So that number twenty-two may show up for many times in the second number of the number series. However, that's all we could do with the Fanxie cipher if we don't know the key, which is the poems. Let me tell you why it's so difficult to do the work after the Frickson analysis. Ancient Chinese language is extremely simplified in the grammar or syntax. There are no conjunctions or prepositions like the in Chinese. So even though we got a great guess on the pronunciation of several series of numbers, we have no way to check our guess. If we don't know the whole syntax, any combination of those pronunciations may make sense. It's quite different with English, right? And then poem, it's one of the most simplified form of ancient Chinese language. There is no way to guess any relationship between continuous characters in a poem, so we can't do any associate work when we find a possible combination of single character. We have to admit that it's so difficult to find any clues for the key in a poem. Therefore, Fanxie code is called one of the most difficult ciphers to be decrypted in the world. Even with the modern technology, we have great difficulties on it. Let's learn that Japanese pirates. That's why the general Qi will definitely won the war against the pirates with the Fanxie code. In short. Fanxie code is one of the most important cipher in Chinese history. It was created by General Qi according to the phonetic notation of ancient Chinese. However, it cannot be used in today because the only key is public. It's not only the important tool that helped General Qi win the war, but also one of the most difficult ciphers to be decrypted. Hopefully, this podcast can help you guys learn more about the Chinese culture and the Chinese language. Thanks for listening.